Good morning. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. Matthew 5, 27 to 30. Matthew 5, verse 27 to 30. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for uh, your word. I pray that we would be able to hear what you are saying to us. Uh, this morning, and help us to pray and get into your presence, God, today. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue on with the Sermon on the Mount. Last time, we looked at the issue of anger and murder. This time, we're looking at the issue of lust and adultery. So I have just a few observations Number one is that adultery is a big deal. Jesus comes down pretty hard on this topic of adultery. And I think it's just something for us to uh, observe and notice in Scripture. Scripture is pretty clear that sex is a good thing, but it needs to be contained within God's design. Sex is a beautiful thing. It's a good thing. God is the one that designed sex and thought of sex in the first place. And I think he's given it to humanity as this wonderful gift. But it needs to be contained within his design. And a good illustration of this that I have heard from when I was younger is fire. If you think of something like fire... Fire is a good thing. Fire has a lot, there's a lot of benefits. It brings warmth, it brings light, and you know, you could cook stuff on it, and there's a lot of good things with fire, but fire needs to be contained in a fireplace or whatever, like barbecue grill or wherever you need to keep the fire, it needs to stay within that place. Fire outside of a designated place for fire can cause danger, um, can cause, you know, brokenness and damage and harm. And it, 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 could, it, it is a dangerous thing. Even though there is so much good and it's a wonderful thing, if it's not contained within the place for, for a fire, it can cause so much damage. And I think it's a good illustration of sex. Sex is a wonderful thing and it can bring so much benefit. What I wanted to say is that sex, I think, is very powerful, right? I mean, the world knows, the enemy of our souls knows that sex is a powerful tool. And so the world uses it, right, to market stuff and to sell things. The enemy uses it 
to bring us down. And I think it's very evident that sex is a powerful thing. And there is so much potential, or there is potential for so much good through sex. Especially within marriage, when uh, for, for a husband and wife to... What's uh, to increase their intimacy, you know, to like, if they're feeling distant or there is some, something that needs to be resolved. Actually, I mean, this is why our marriage course, Love After Marriage, there's such a big emphasis on sex. Because there is so much power when a husband and wife come together, they make an effort to love each other in this way, to be vulnerable before each other, and to come together in such close intimacy. There is so much potential for good, but there's also potential for so much harm and so much damage and so much violation of the other person with sex. And so I think this is why adultery is a big topic in the scriptures. Adultery can really break someone's heart. It can break marriages and further break, break down families and the children of marriages where adultery has been uh, present. So <clears throat> that's the first observation that I have from this, this text. That, and ad- adultery is a big deal. Jesus comes down pretty hard on it, I think, that because, they're, because of the power of, of sex and how it can be so good, but it can also bring so much damage and hurt. Number two, the thing that I observe is the importance of the heart. What is going on in your mind and in your heart is what God is looking at. God is interested in more than just outward behavior. I mean, we've talked about this many times at church. God is not looking for behavior modification. He's looking for heart transformation. God looks at our hearts and He knows what is going on in our hearts. We can't fake it before God. Other people may only see our outer lives, our public lives, and think, wow, what a wonderful man of God, what a wonderful woman of God. But nothing is hidden before the Lord. And He sees our hearts and He's saying, what is going on in your heart and in your mind is more important than just your outward behavior. And that's why literally plucking our eyes out will not actually deal with the sin of lust. Right? The, 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 the teaching from Jesus from verse 29, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. We know that Jesus is not saying literally, this is what I want you to do. This is hyperbole. This is a way of expression speaking about how important it is that we pursue purity. And because the issue is not just outward behavior, but the issue is our hearts and what is going on in the inside, plucking our eyes out will not actually deal with the sin of lust. 
having no eyes, our hearts and minds can be given over to lust. Right? In fact, having no tongue, if we lost the ability to speak, we would still be able to murder our brothers and sisters with what is going on in our hearts. Having no money, our hearts can still be given over to greed and to selfishness and to stinginess. Right? It's not what is going on necessarily in the outside, but what is going on in our hearts, and God is looking at that. So that's second observation that I have from this, the importance of our heart. But at the same time, another thing that we notice is that actions matter. Yes, the, what, is go, what is going on in our hearts is what God is looking at, but actions matter because two things. Number one, our actions reveal what is going on in our hearts. Our actions is often an overflow of what is going on in our hearts. So if we engage in certain actions, it reveals something is going on in our hearts. And uh, I would say action is giving in to temptation. Have you ever heard this illustration or this uh, yeah illustration? Uh, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep a bird from building a nest on your head. And the, the idea is that temptations come, lustful thoughts come, uh, temptation to engage in certain actions, certain behavior, it can come. But by giving in to those things, or, or taking action and behaving in those areas, now we're giving in to temptation. Now we're letting the temptation build a nest in our minds. You know the scripture, 1 Corinthians ten thirteen: No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out. So... So that, so you can stand up under it. So that you can stand up under it. There's always a way out that God has provided. So when we are tempted, as we're talking about the issue of lust and adultery, when we are tempted and these thoughts come, these desires come, there's a way out and there's a way in to temptation. And I think our action is what takes that step in. Or I mean, our action against it is what takes that step away from temptation, or we take a step into temptation. So, actions matter. And so my encouragement to us would be, don't look. If there are certain things that is mm, tempting you, don't look at that thing. Don't click on that link. You know, don't, don't go there, right? Don't even entertain those thoughts. Don't even play around with potential for sin. And don't let your eyes linger on something. Turn away quickly. Turn away quickly. 
So our actions are important because number one, our actions reveal what is going on in our hearts, and our actions is the act of giving in to temptation. But a second reason why our actions is important is because our actions will affect the heart, right? What we do with our eyes, what we do with our hands, what we do, where we go with our feet, those things affect our heart. And if what is important is that we keep our heart pure before God and we keep our heart devoted to the Lord, but there are things that we can do that affect the heart and make it more difficult for us to fully give God our hearts, then we should be aware of those actions and turn away from them. So specifically here, with the issue of lust, our actions can lead our hearts astray. John Stott, whose book I have been reading to prepare for this series on the Sermon on the Mount, he says this, If heart adultery is the result of eye adultery, the eyes of the heart being stimulated by the eyes of the flesh, then the only way to deal with the problem is at its beginning with our eyes. Right? If heart adultery is the result of eye adultery, the only way to deal with it is, to, is from, the, from the beginning, which is with our eyes. And Bob Sorge, who's written a book called Covenant with My Eyes, he, uh, from, from Job, uh, Job chapter 31, where Job says, I have made a covenant with my eyes never to look at a woman lustfully. He's written, a has written a book on that, and he just talks about the eye gate. The eye being the gate to our hearts, and both for men, men and women, what is it that kind of affects our hearts, floods our hearts with lust and temptation is with the eyes. It's the gate of our eyes. And Sorgi suggests that what we look at, what we let in through our eyes is what's going to affect our hearts. And so, <clears throat> just another encouragement, you know. What we watch, what we look at, what we read, there are certain things that provoke, that stir up, that fuels lust in our hearts. And so, we need to be aware of it. We need to be aware. We need to reflect and examine our own hearts and be aware of what is it that fuel and stir up lust and don't do it. And I would say this applies outside of lust as well. You know, what, uh, what are some things that you know uh, you are easily tempted with? Is it greed, you know, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, whatever it is? What guides you along the path of those things? What guides you to greed? What guides you to drunkenness? What guides you to lying and dishonesty? What guides you to unforgiveness or laziness? 
and be aware of it and be aware of how what you read and what you watch affects your heart. So, I don't know what, where I'm at. Maybe my third, that's my third observation, right? So, uh, adultery is a big deal. And, and Jesus comes down pretty hard on it. Number two, what God is looking at is our hearts. And he's looking for heart transformation. But number three, our actions matter because often our action is a reflection of our heart and also because our actions affect our hearts. So if what is important is our heart affection for the Lord, but if our actions uh, influence where our affections go to, then we have to be aware of how our actions impact the affections of our hearts, and then refrain from doing it, refrain from giving in to those things. The, there's two more things I wanted to say. There's already 729. The, the, maybe we'll, we'll finish with this one. The reality of hell. Yeah, We don't have a lot of time to talk about it. But Jesus says, If your right eye causes you to stumble gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, we know that this is hyperbole. Jesus is not literally saying if something leads you to sin, you need to cut it off. But what is he saying? He is saying we need to be radical in pursuing the holiness of God and pursuing purity in our hearts Because if something in our body tempts us and leads us down the wrong way and we end up in hell, it would be better to not have that part than to end up in hell. He's talking, it is hyperbole, but we can still see, man, Jesus is saying, you don't want to end up in hell. And as unpleasant and... Uh, difficult it is to talk about hell and we don't want to believe it that it's true but scripture is so clear you know scripture is so clear and there is Jesus spends a lot of time talking about hell and judgment and basically saying man you want to avoid it you know you don't want to um end up in a place called hell. Now, Jesus, you know, we know that we're not, we don't escape hell from our own purity, from our own efforts, from our own good works, and we have to trust in the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive us. But I think it's also true that the more we give in to sin, the harder it's going to be to... uh, trust Jesus and to fully follow Jesus and yeah just the reality of hell hell is a place of punishment for the wicked and the unrepentant and it's real and it sounds like a horrible place right there's a lot of debates on what what is hell is it this fiery place of torment and torture or is it just being away from the presence of God 
you know, we can, you know, there's a lot of studies and, and, and theories on what hell is, but what is very clear is it is, uh, it's a scary place. And Jesus warns us against it. And time and time again, he will say, man, don't end up in hell. If, if this is going to lead you to hell, turn away from it. It's not worth it. So I think it's uh, good for us to understand that and think about that. Radical pursuit of purity. Just want to encourage you with Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4. It says, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your struggle against sin. Yes, you know, it's not literally saying take your eyes out. He's not literally saying cut your hands off. But what are the things that lead you to sin? And is it your mobile phone? Is it your internet connection at home? Is it your computer laptop at home? Especially in the area of lust. Then find ways to put it away. You know, if I had more time, I would have shared how, especially when my brother and I, when we were younger, we had just come to Hong Kong, we started living together. We went through some radical ways to try and keep ourselves pure, to try and keep ourselves, uh, to try and attain victory over the issue of lust and pornography and temptation. And you know what? I, it was some of, sometimes it was crazy, and you know, maybe some people would say, "Oh, that's so over the top." But you know, I have zero regrets. And I think those actions that we, we took together helped us and strengthened us and um, overcome, you know, the issue of lust and temptation. And I'm so thankful that we had that uh, time together. So, yeah, uh, those are some of my observations from this text. Wesley is going to lead us in a song. Um, at this time, let's just pray and ask for God's mercy. Uh, yeah. Why don't we pray for God's mercy for, uh, uh, regarding the sin of adultery and lust. And if you yourself, if is this something that you battle with, then you pray for yourself. If this is not something that you battle with, then let's just pray for our church. You know, I don't think... Um, like we don't have to imagine so hard to think that there's probably many people in our church, both men and women, for whom lust and adultery is a real struggle. And it's, t- it's difficult, you know, the uh, purity and victory in this area, I think is very challenging. The devil knows very well the power of sex and power of lust and how easily we can be um, trapped, you know, within this temptation. So let's pray for God's mercy. You pray for yourself. Let's pray for our church. And let's just ask for God's mercy and God's strength so that we can overcome it. So that we can really pursue purity, radically pursue purity and holiness before God. And that it will be a true, genuine heart transformation that takes place. Okay, so let's go before God. We bow our hearts, we bend our knees, 
that we would have a vision of your glory and your goodness and your love and the joy that we that can be found in you that it compels us God and it energizes us and strengthens us to pursue purity and to turn away from wicked things I pray that you would be with our church Lord uh, so many of us have bought into this lie that um, we need this you know I need sex I need this or that pleasure to uh Yeah, we we have have bought into this lie that I need it. But God, it's not true. You know, in you, if we can surrender our sexual desires, I know that there is freedom and there is true joy and there is pure joy. And uh, so I just pray for our church, God. I pray for many in our church who are uh, struggling and dealing with... um, this issue of lust, uh, this issue of adultery, and um, yeah, also dealing with so much shame, hiddenness. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would have mercy on our church, that you would bring us into freedom from this area of lust, God, that we would not allow uh, the devil uh, to have victory in this area in our lives, God. So Lord, come and move and do your powerful work in our hearts, God, so that we can uh, overcome. We can bring you glory and we can really honor one another that the marriages in our church would be protected, that they would be restored and it would be healed. Yeah, we just ask for your mercy. We ask for your power. We ask the Holy Spirit, you'll come and move, God, in our church. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray together for our um, uh, our friends on this corporate prayer list. Let's pray for those battling cancer, going through chemotherapy, radiation therapy, some who have gone through it and are um, hoping and praying that they don't have to go through it again. So let's just pray for our friends on this list and pray that God would bring His supernatural healing and supernatural strength for our friends. Let's pray for those who are ill and also in need of salvation. Let's pray that God would move, bring physical healing and spiritual healing.
Let's pray for those battling various infirmities. Let's pray for healing for our friends. Let's go to yeah, our jobs prayer list. Let's pray for our church members who are looking for a job. Let's pray for God's provision for them. Let's pray for uh, Wednesday prayer focus. Let's pray for China and uh, the church plants we have there. Let's pray for the pastors. Let's pray for the Chong family. And just pray for the nation as a whole, all the churches there, that God would move powerfully. Obviously, let's continue to pray for um, what's, yeah, the recent news from Sunday. Let's pray for um, strength. family and great wisdom and direction from the Lord and pray for the community to be strong in this time to really hear from God in this time so let's pray Let's pray for the board. Let's pray that the board would uh, hear from God very clearly, that we would be united. And let's pray for the personal lives of each of the board members, their work, family, relationships, that they would be filled with God's joy. So let's pray for uh, our board at this time.
Let's pray for our fellowship ministries, young adults, men's ministry, women's ministry. Let's pray that this year that uh, more activities and more opportunities uh, would come up, that we would be able to organize different things for different opportunities for fellowship between uh, these groups. So let's pray. And let's pray that the existing events, Monday and Wednesday lunchtime prayer, will be very powerful. Let's pray. Let's pray for our hospitality ministry, welcoming and coffee ministry with Pastor Samuel and logistics with Tim. Can we pray for more people for logistics? This is kind of service coordination, overseeing, making sure you know uh, the microphones are charged and different things that happen with uh, Sunday service. Right now, Tim's the only one doing it. So let's just pray that God would provide the right volunteers to help this area and also also pray for more volunteers for welcoming and coffee team and be with Pastor Samuel and Tim as they lead these ministries. pray for our pregnant moms Uh, yeah let's pray for God's uh, blessing and protection over our moms new moms on this list wonderful so let's pray that God would really be with them protect the baby protect other moms and uh, pray for safe deliveries let's pray Let's pray for our house churches meeting tonight. Let's pray that they'll have a wonderful time.
Thank you, God. Thank you that you hear our prayers. We lift up all our friends on these various lists that we have. Thank you that we can trust you, and we know that you hear our prayers and that you move in answer to our prayers. Uh, so we are so grateful. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this day. We submit this day to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless. Have a great day today.